Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Triggered is the nothing personal word of the day for Friday, August 19th, 2022. Triggered is a word that we use when something happens that reminds us of something else that happened. Something bad happens, well, that reminds me of another trauma, another moment. I've been triggered. It happens with PTSD. It happens in mental health. It happens when you're walking down the street. Something could be triggered, a thought, an idea. It doesn't necessarily have to be negative, though it's the same word for what you pull with the firearm, but it's meant to be used as a way to explain a reaction. Well, she reacted that way, of course, because she was triggered. How would I have any idea that that would trigger you? You say that in an argument with a friend or a spouse or a coworker. Sorry if that was triggering. Deshaun Watts has been using the word trigger because that's what his owner used, Jimmy Haslam, his new owner. Jimmy Haslam's married to D. Haslam. Deshaun Watson has been in the news, and I'm deciding, as we were talking about the show today, I think I've had it. We've given Deshaun Watson so much oxygen on nothing personal. All of the people in media, anyone with a microphone and a platform, I think it's time to stop. I think it's time to end any conversation of Deshaun Watson. But I'm not going to end it till we do this segment because it came to a conclusion yesterday after all these months. Has it even been a year, Coke? I don't even know how long it's been. I told you when the judge gave him a six-game suspension and the NFL said, we're going to appeal. I said, there's no way the suspension even goes above nine games. This is all part of the plan. Take the under of 9.1. There's no way he's going to get a full season. Everyone was talking about a full season. That wasn't going to happen. Everything's been pre-discussed. I- I've proved myself right. Why do you think Harvey, the appellate judge, I put that in air quotes if you're on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel, which please get on and hit subscribe for Christ's sake. If you are watching the air quotes because he's not independent, you want to know why he never had to decide the appeal, why there was never a actual appeal? Because Watson's camp knew 
that Harvey would do whatever Goodell wanted. It was a negotiation. All that happened throughout the hearing before Judge Robinson, the delay that happened with Robinson giving her opinion that we've already forgotten about, that delay was like three or four weeks. All of it was about coming to a negotiated settlement. The reason why and the NFL and Watson had to get come to a negotiated settlement is there was no other way for either Watson's camp or Goodell, the commissioner of football, and his camp to be able to save face. And the irony is from where I sit, or maybe I'm standing in my deep voice, I don't think either side save face. But when you come to a settlement, there are stages. You negotiate, you talk about terms, then you talk about ancillary terms. Main terms are how, long, how many games, how much money, what's the fine, but then there's a bunch of other provisions in a written settlement that talk about what can blow the settlement, what can render the settlement invalid. Are there any other conditions precedent to this settlement being in effect? Does Deshaun Watson have to do one of five things? Does the NFL have to do one of five things? The other thing that happens is that each side has an opportunity to prepare exactly what they're going to say to you. The Cleveland Browns were kept in the loop the entire time, every day. They knew every time the NFL made a movement in their settlement offer. They knew every time Deshaun Watson made a movement in his settlement offer. They knew the bid, the ask, the timing. There was not one ounce of surprise. So yesterday, the NFL announced that Deshaun Watson would be suspended for 11 games and be fined $5 million. Okay, we lost the over-under of 9.1. 11 games is perfect for Deshaun Watson because he's not losing the type of money he would lose had he be suspended for a full season and his contract would toll, in which case he'd make a tiny amount of money next year. Now, do you believe me that when he signed the damn contract with Cleveland for the small amount this year and the huge amount for the next four years that the fix was in, that he knew he wasn't getting a season? Anybody ready to believe that? There are no coincidences when it comes to money and negotiation. It doesn't happen. Deshaun Watson and Haslam both met the media and talked and had statements. I'm starting with Haslam because I want to end with Watson because I want when I'm done discussing what Watson said and what he did, let it be the last word where I utter his name. And maybe we should spend an entire show giving oxygen to his victims. And for all of you who say, and I saw this again, from very smart people in the media. Well, this is quite a suspension, way more than he should have gotten because he was never accused of committing a crime. We never actually heard any testimony. We don't know the truth. We only had settlements. We know that people settle even when they did nothing wrong because they just want something to be over and done with. Horse hockey. Deshaun Watson took advantage of these women. He wanted to get the happy ending and he felt I'm a professional athlete. I will get whatever I want, whenever I want it, from whoever I want. I don't care because no means yes. And isn't that what we're trying to protect our daughters and friends from? 
So Deshaun Watson, as part of the settlement, has to apologize. That's what they always say. You're going to have to show some contrition. And so he said it. For everybody that was affected by this situation, there were a lot of people that were triggered. When I read that word, I got triggered. Deshaun Watson has been parroting his attorneys, which every good client does. His attorneys have been saying, hey, believe you me, if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. And there was no glove anywhere that fit Deshaun Watson. Grand juries couldn't find it. Women were being brought along by Tony Busby, the lawyer, to the dreck, is what the theory was. I'm Rusty Harden, I'm Deshaun's lawyer, and I am the righteous man, taking the righteous path, letting you know that my client is a good man, good in the community. He's being railroaded. Then they used the word triggered. Jimmy Haslam did after the six-game suspension. The owner of the Browns said, yeah, it's been, an, it's been a tough situation. A lot of people triggered. I lost my mind on an episode of Nothing Personal when that happened because my thought was, yeah, triggered, and that's not exactly what's happening right now. What's triggering is not Deshaun Watson getting six games or 11 games. That's not where women who have been assaulted start to feel better. What's triggering is when they're alone with another man or when they try to go back to doing their job and it triggers when something happens that is innocent in nature. That's what triggering is. But then Deshaun Watson says, I got to use that word. A lot of people triggered. But he didn't stop there. He did an entire statement. And then he did an interview. Let me just give you a part of his statement. It's pretty good. One thing that we teach players when you are suspended for steroids, when you're suspended for conduct that could be criminal, should be criminal, maybe criminal, maybe wasn't ruled criminal, but still people look at it and say, wow, that seems like something I wouldn't want my son to do. Wow, that's something I wouldn't want to be done to my daughter. You don't start the statement with, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that the disciplinary process has ended. Who taught him, who allowed him to start a statement like that? You go right into the heartfelt apology. You go right into the victims. You go right into saying, this is on me and I want the women to know. That's what you start with. But Deshaun has been so clear. I didn't do anything. I've got an aunt. I've got a grandma. I've never disrespected any woman. I've never assaulted any woman. I've never done anything wrong in my life. But I'm grateful that the disciplinary process has ended and extremely appreciative. I love all the adjectives that you have to use. Extremely appreciative. Not partially appreciative. Not somewhat appreciative. Not wholly appreciative. I am extremely appreciative of the tremendous support I've received throughout my short time with the Browns organization. Here's what that sentence should have read. It should have said, I'm extremely appreciative of the 230 million in guaranteed dollars that Jimmy Haslam was stupid enough to give to someone like me, who's only an average quarterback who hasn't played in a year and a half. And by the way, I had 24 lawsuits and 66 women who said I assaulted them. I'm extremely appreciative of Jimmy and D Haslam for being so stupid. That would have been good. 
And then he said, I apologize once again for any pain this situation has caused. You let it dangle there? Is that a complete sentence? Hmm. I apologize once again for any pain this situation has caused. Caused who? Caused the Haslam's? Caused Browns fans? Caused Mike Ryan? Or caused the women who were assaulted? Nope, can't admit that. I take accountability for the decisions I made. My blood is starting to frickin' boil. You mean the decisions he made to settle, not to settle, or the decisions he made to put the woman in that position, or the decisions he's made to sign the contract, to demand the trade from Texas, from the Houston Texans? Which decisions? I take accountability for the, how about the actions, not the decisions? Miserable, wretched person. My focus going forward is on working to become the best version of myself. Reminds me of Dustin Hoffman and Tootsie. My focus going forward is on working to become the best version of myself on and off the field and supporting my teammates however possible while I'm away from the team. Huh? Oh, I get it. Like on, on bye weeks or during the off season, you want to be supportive because you're going to give them some of the $230 million? Or are you going to support them like when they get in trouble, you're going to get behind him and say, he didn't do it. Or are you going to support it by changing your behavior? Not positive. I'm excited about what the future holds for me in Cleveland. Not excited to perform in front of fans. Not excited to prove Jimmy and D has them right or to prove all of you right who have supported him throughout this entire process. He's excited about what the future holds for me. Not me, David. Not you, Coca. Me, him, Deshaun. I don't say this lightly. It may be the worst statement that I have read ever. Now, Friday hyperbole, maybe. Total exhaustion, possibly. Slight despondency, stuffed nose, scratchy throat, potentially. Deep voice, short body, for sure. So that's Deshaun Watson's statement. Jimmy Haslam. He's good. T. Haslam is the wife. Remember, they spoke to their daughters. We spoke to our family before we signed Deshaun Watson and before we gave him $230 million. And our daughter said, we're in, daddy. <laughs> Side note. I spoke to my daughter yesterday. And uh, she is 24 years old. And we were talking about some things that happened during my 18 years because I was in baseball. I got into baseball when she turned one. So she has no recollection of my life before baseball. Definitely has recollection of my life after baseball. And we were talking about things throughout the course of, of my career and experiences we had had. And her recollection of players and of transactions, de minimis at best. But... I went to her every time we were going to do a trade or a signing. And I said, sweetheart, what do you think of this trade? What do you think of that player? Not. But Jimmy Haslam went to his daughters and said, hey, we're going to take on Deshaun Watson. Do you feel comfortable? Are you concerned? If he ever wants a massage from you, we're going to ask you to say no. Okay? So then the woman owner, D Haslam, the wife, she says, after the settlement yesterday, 
we have tremendous empathy for the women involved and we have an opportunity now to make a difference in this community. Wait for it, here comes the difference. Hold on to your knickers, everyone. Ready? We're going to invest $1 million to go toward educating youth for awareness of sexual misconduct. Thank you, D. I appreciate your generosity. I really do. I love people who give money to charity, and I never, ever comment when people give a dollar, a million, a billion, a gadillion, $10 over two years, a thousand over three years. I love people giving money to charity. You know how charitable I am. I'm not making fun of the one million at all. Hell, leagues do it all the time. A hurricane ravages a country. We are donating $1 million or $5 million or $10 million or three hundred grand. It's all part of the budget of what you do through your community foundation. For tax reasons, you have to give money to charity. The, the reasons that people give to charity, as you know, I'm a consequentialist, so I don't care. So it's not the $1 million I want to talk about. Toward educating youth for awareness of sexual misconduct meaning awareness of it happening to you, awareness of when it's around you, how to report it, how to know when something's not right, I'm in. That is critical for women to understand, kids to understand what sexual misconduct is, how to recognize it, how to have the strength to report it, to have someone around to report it to when you're underage, how not to get intimidated when it is an authority figure, whether it's a family member or a boss or a doctor, we see it all over, the pedophilia that takes place. Do you feel better now that Dee Haslam has everything under control, that she's very aware of what Deshaun Watson did? Or do you feel like her husband got together with her and said, hey, listen, we're going to have you release something and we're going to give some money and we have to make people aware that we are really behind the women. And we have to let it be come from you because you're a woman, right? So if a woman says she's behind other women, but also is a part of keeping to Sean, I think everyone's going to forget that we have them and it's all going to be good. Not me. I'm not forgetting. But then they were dumb enough to let Jimmy talk to the media. Jimmy Haslam spent his time trying to tell you that he believes in second chances. That's his whole thing. He wanted you to know that Deshaun Watson deserves a second chance. He thinks that we've all been too hard on Deshaun Watson because he's such a star quarterback. If he were a Joe Schmo, he actually said Joe Smith. If he were, I don't say Joe Smith because there really are Joe Smiths. Pretty good basketball player, actually. So I, I'll say like John Doe, Joe Schmo, things like that. But anyone less famous named Joe Schmo would not have had this sort of attention on him. That was his point. And then he said, hey, we gave Kareem Hunt a second chance. Now, I want to talk about something. Quick side note. I am extremely in favor of giving felons a second chance. When you serve your time and you want to work again, when you have to work again, part of what we did, part of what we want, always wanted to do there are charities involved. There is your own business involved. It is very difficult for people with a record to start over, to try to find their way back. 
So I get the whole second chance thing. Trust me, we're trying to get rid of recidivism. We want to rehabilitate. I'm in. I'm not mentioning Kareem Hunt as the example of us giving second chances. I'm going to talk globally if I'm Jimmy Haslam. I'm going to talk about not Sean Watson being more famous, and that's why I feel sorry for him, because he's been under all this scrutiny. I'm not going to mention Kareem Hunt and all the other domestic abusers. I'm going to try to talk about my belief in our justice system, my belief in what I can do as an owner of a football team, and what Deshaun Watson had to promise me. I had to be convinced that he knew what he did was wrong and that he's going to dedicate himself to making sure that women never feel that uncomfortable again. I am going to work with Deshaun to guarantee that as much success as we can have on the field, that we will never forget what took place off the field, that we will make sure that those women are never made to feel as though they are alone or cannot speak out. Everybody had a chance here to do what's right, and not one person did. Everybody had a chance through a statement, through meeting the media. For all of these weeks and months, everybody, including you, Roger Goodell, and not one side did anything other than try to get rid of this as quickly as possible in an agreed-upon manner with the union. Because we're certainly not going to screw up business for another year. Deshaun Watson. That's the end of my oxygen for you. The whole apology tour thing for the players do, it's pretty good, right? They do something wrong. They, they come late to a game. They miss curfew. They miss a team plane. There's always a thing that you do with your front office where you meet and say, what kind of apology do we need? Do we need a team meeting? Do we want the player to go one-on-one? -on -one? So what we do is we have a hierarchy, like a flow chart, if you will, of actions that players do and then what the result is, right? When there's a DUI, we don't need a team meeting. We've got the player, just discuss it with whoever he wants in the clubhouse, but we meet the team and we say, hey, we've told you already, get a fricking Uber, would you? All the way to an injury that is self-inflicted. Hey, I was carrying my suitcase up the stairs in the dark. I fell down the stairs, I'm out for a year, right? You don't need a team meeting. You don't need anything. I was throwing 100 pitches. My arm fell off, no team meeting, you're injured, see you later. Late to the ballpark, missing signs, not knowing the signs, being hung over at the ballpark, not trying. All of that is when we say, you know, we're gonna do a team meeting and we're gonna demand that the player address the team. We want accountability for our players when they don't have the four-hour study provision in their contract and they don't know the signs or they don't act the way you're supposed to act in order to be ready to play on any particular day. You want to waltz in at 12.20 for a one o'clock game? We're going to have a team meeting about that, even if you're the superstar. When you're suspended for steroids, here's where this goes. We're making sure that you've got to stand up. And this was me. Other teams just wipe it under the rug. 
When we had a guy suspended for steroids, we made him address the team. I want you to stand there. I want you to stand there and address your teammates and say, yeah, I put a needle in my ass and now I'm not going to be able to play for you for the rest of the year. I want you to say, yeah, I had no idea that it was contained in my Nutrigrain bar that I ate this morning. Sorry, Nutrigrain, you're not a sponsor and I know there's no steroids in there. So this is absolutely not about Nutrigrain. All right, Coca, whatever, I'll give you an opportunity. Ready, four, six, nine. Yeah, I had no idea in my breakfast this morning that there would be something that would test positive. Say that in front of your teammates, and then it gives me a chance to address you, who I will have met with privately, also in front of your teammates. I did this in 2016. You can go to a previous show and listen to the D. Gordon story when he got caught for steroids and suspended. It's somewhere, either on Nothing Personal or Dan Levitard. But today, we have another situation where Fernando Tatis had to have a meeting with A.J. Preller, his president of baseball operations. Believe me, the team president and the owner are going to be a part of that meeting. And then they have to figure out if they're going to let Tatis address the team. Now, our situation, D. Gordon was with the team because he wasn't hurt. Tatis was not with the team because he was hurt. Did you see the... Oh, side note, Coca, work this in, would you? Did you see the video of Fernando Tatis purportedly at some church in the Dominican looking like it was a Benjamin Button service where Benjamin Button learned how to walk in New Orleans in that movie. Did you see that video? I think it was posted by somebody and I didn't know whether it was real so I didn't retweet it because you taught me don't retweet something when you don't know if it's real. We didn't know whether it was Tatis but they said it was Tatis. It looked like Tatis. We couldn't hear. I am bringing it up because I want to know whether it was Tatis. Anyway, it was him in the Dominican at some sort of service trying to get cured of whatever ails him. But then we get word that Tatis is going to meet with AJ Preller and I want to go through the meeting. Here's how it goes. Hey, uh, AJ, can I come in? Oh, sure you can. Oh, I'm trying to imitate Elvis. Sure you can. Where's that meeting going to be? They made a big deal in the media. We don't know where the meeting is. It's doubtful the meeting will be at Peco Park, but it may be. Maybe the meeting will be on the road at a team hotel. Because everyone's going to want to know where Fernando Tatis is. And we don't want him to meet the media because he's not ready. He did his statement. We're not ready for him to do any follow-ups. Did you know when you see members of the media, you couldn't just keep walking and say, sorry, I really have nothing further to say right now. Good to see you. See you another time. I'll be back to you another time. Not today. Not now. Do it respectfully. Don't flip the bird. Don't need to. You don't, this is not Jared Kushner solving Mideastern, Middle Eastern peace. You don't need to rent a hotel and get windows that are all blacked out and then go underground up a secret elevator like you're John Kennedy trying to get laid. You don't need to do any of that. You can meet him anywhere. So here's how it goes. Tatis walks in the room. AJ Preller has already spoken to Tatis, even though they will tell you, oh, I wasn't able to reach him on the phone. It's a bunch of horse hockey. Comes in. Tatis sits down on one end of the room. 
in a not upright, I am lying, king of the jungle position, I'm in charge here. When players know they're in trouble, I find that they come into a meeting with me and they look smaller than I do. It's very bizarre. When players come in because they want more playing time, they don't want to be sent down, they feel as though they have a reason why you're wronging them, they come in roaring, pounding their chest, using their size advantage over me. When they come in with their head between their legs, they end up sort of scrunching down. You can maybe picture what I'm saying. Tatis walks into that meeting. He's scrunching, baby. He's not going with his dad's excuse. Oh, I got ringworm. I had a spray and I didn't see it. Or Tatis saying, man, I'm devastated. I'm so disappointed. This is so terrible. But I didn't appeal because I own my behavior and I'll be back next year. Don't you worry. That's all for you and the media. An actual meeting between a player and a GM is the GM looking at his player who he has signed for 13 more years and making sure he doesn't ruin his relationship with the player. Sad but true. But Preller's meeting with Tatis will not be Preller yelling at Tatis. It will not be Preller disciplining Tatis. It will be Preller trying to get Tatis to not hate him trying to get Tatis motivated to come back and be ready to play and please don't do this again. That is how the meeting goes. So Preller walks in, Tatis walks in, Tatis says, hey, I, I really don't know what to say. Preller says, nothing you can say. I don't want you to say one freaking word. I want you to listen. You knew exactly what you were doing. Just tell me why. You wanted to come back a week earlier? You wanted to be better than you were? There's no one better than you were. When you are on the field, you are the best in the game. Does this sound familiar, Barry? Oh, because someone else is doing it? Oh, because they're going to shorten the gap because of all the other people doing PEDs? Or because you just, your shoulder hurts, you wanted it to feel better? Whatever reason is in your mind, oh, you're only missing $3 million of salary and you knew that. But if you get suspended for a full year like Robbie Cano did, late in your career, late in your long-term contract, you could lose up to $24 to $25 million. Oh, I don't want to do that. I'll do it right now. See if I can not get caught, but I promise you, AJ, I'm done. No more. Preller says, I didn't ask whether you're going to do it again. I'm asking why you did it now. You were about to come back. Is your shoulder hurt? We've been testing it. You were on rehab. Your arm hurts, your wrist, your head. What happened? The reason that I ask questions like that and Preller asks questions like that, it's like when your kid gets in trouble, it's always better not to ask a question where you put your kid in a position to lie, right? If you know that your kid took a cookie out of the cookie jar when he wasn't supposed to have dessert, you don't say to the kid, hey, did you take a cookie out of the cookie jar? Why put your kid in a position to lie? I always thought about that when it came to talking to players who, as I got older, were like the age of my kids. In the beginning, we were all the same age, and then they became the age of my kids as I got older. As I've told you, it's one of the things that makes me crazy when you keep getting older and everyone you're around stays the same age. It's very, it's a total mind screw. So normally you wouldn't say to the player, did you take steroids? It's why? Why did you take the cookie from the cookie jar? Just give me your reasoning so we can address it. 
the Padres have a problem because they have to figure out whether or not Tatis is actually going to meet his teammates, whether or not his teammates care. When I spoke to teammates about whether or not they wanted to hear from D. Gordon, every one of them said yes. We were in the middle of a season. We were trying to make the playoffs. He had been playing every day, and now he was going to disappear, and there's no one who thought that he would ever do that. And on top of that, he was one of the most popular players in the clubhouse. Tatis is none of those things. I'm not sure his teammates, other than Profar, want to hear from him. I think they care. And when you're the front office, you've got to take that into account, which is why Bob Melvin said, hey, we haven't quite worked it out whether he's going to meet the team. If you've got a leader, a popular player, that person is meeting the team. No doubt about it. No questions asked. And you're doing it now. The Padres have a problem, folks, and this problem isn't going away for 13 years. Good luck. All right. I watched a movie that na, 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 na. Where's Tom? We'll be right back. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. It's Friday. I was a little low energy going into the show today, Matt. I just didn't know. I, I didn't feel it. Sometimes during our pre-show meeting, I'm, I'm worked up. I'm ready. And you always say, let's be great. I don't know if this show's great. It feels good so far. We only have about 14 minutes left until we're going full lover boy. Although I have a radio show in Memphis. When you're walking in Memphis. Okay, I watched Jurassic Park World Dominion. Jurassic World Dominion, whatever it's called. And uh, I had not seen it. It's finally available, so I rented it or bought it or did whatever I did. 15, 16 bucks. There's Sam O'Neill making me feel good. There's Laura Dern. There is the ever-present, amazing pitch man, Jeff Goldblum. There's Chris Pratt. There's Bryce Dallas Howard, the daughter of Ron Howard, the great director, the great actor, but the greater director. She is great in her own right. The wife of great Marlins fan, Seth Gable. Please turn off this review if you are in the Josh Gad circle of South Florida with Seth and Bryce. Jurassic World Dominion absolutely stunk. I was so despondent because when you've got greatness and Jurassic Park, the first Jurassic Park, the only Jurassic Park in my mind that is that level of greatness, other than money, why? Tell me why, tell me why. That's a song I think by the Blow Monkeys. Maybe not, Google it. Good group. I can't tell you why, Eagles. I can't tell you why. These studios keep making these movies. They said, we're gonna tie a knot on this one. We're gonna bring back everyone other than Richard Attenborough because you can't bring him back. Well, I guess you could in a hologram if you're in the field of dreams, but they brought everyone back from the original Jurassic Park. They didn't bring the kids back actually. And they tried to tie up the story, explain why there's a bad guy. Who played the bad guy? Was it Campbell Scott from the movie Singles? I think he's also in Billions, but Campbell Scott for me is the actor from Singles. And uh, if you haven't seen Singles, the Cameron Crowe movie, watch that instead of Jurassic World Dominion. So he's the bad guy and he's trying to do something to make money. 
trying to take the dinosaurs and let them live and let them breed or let them do whatever they do. And the dinosaurs are eating each other and they're eating people and they're killing people. It's the same stuff. Na, 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 na. How does Chris Pratt go full velociraptor whisperer? How does that work? I'm not buying it. None of it. If you want to watch Jurassic World Dominion, go back and watch Jurassic Park a second time or a third time or a fifth time for me, would you please? Now, it is not impossible when players have off days. I've seen players do this. There are players on off days who don't have families who will do marathon gaming days. They'll play video games the whole day. I've seen players do marathon movie days. Totally possible. It is not hard for me to fathom that Tom Brady has spent his entire absence from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers spring training with not spring training. Hello. Ready? 69, 69, 72. It is not impossible that Tom Brady has spent his entire absence from NFL training camp playing video games or watching movies. Maybe he watched the entire series of Jurassic Park back to back to back. Maybe he's listened to Toto's Africa on repeat for a week, 10 days. We don't know. We haven't seen him. His disappearance, we talked about it on a show maybe a week ago, I can't remember when, and we said this was all predetermined. He didn't wake up one day and walk into his coach's office or walk into the owner and say, squeeze me, Um, I'm gonna leave now, I'll be back. Don't know when, but I'll be back. Let's just say dismen, two weeks. No, it doesn't work that way. When he unretired, he was taking time off. Speculation. Is there trouble at home? Is he hurt? Is he sad? Depressed? Family issues? Business issues? What's happening? Vacation, maybe. Pre-planned vacation. Has anyone seen or heard from Tom Brady? I'm just asking. Has there been anything leaked? Any photo of him on an African safari? Any photo of him surfing in Hawaii? Any photo of him losing down a mountain? Anything? What about Giselle? It's not like it's John and Jane Doe. They are two of the most recognizable people, although, granted, not in Africa, where no one knew who Tom Brady was. I forgot to ask, do you know who Giselle is? So he could be in Africa and be totally undercover. All right, that could be where he is. But when you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers... You're asked every day by the media, when's Tom coming back? When's Tom coming back? We haven't heard from Tom. There's been no official word. He's totally quiet on his Instagram. Has he posted Coca? I don't follow him on Instagram. Has he posted one thing on Instagram since he took this? Like, has he posted a family outing? Like, hey, we're going to Six Flags Great America and we're gonna hope that no one shoots us up in Gurney. Have they done that? I don't know, Coca's checking. Although Coca is so upset about the Mets game last night, he may have just tuned out. He may be ready for the weekend already. So, nothing. When you are in training camp, you meet the media in baseball spring training, the manager meets the media two or three times a day. Todd Bowles is meeting the media every day. Tom Brady has not had a post on Instagram since August 3rd. Thank you, Coca. By the way, that's 16 days ago. So Todd Bowles is left to answer questions because what Todd Bowles and the PR people for the Bucks have said, don't ask the teammates. They don't know anything. B 
because there's one thing players don't like. They don't want to have to talk to the media on behalf of a player who's gone. When Pudge Rodriguez left the Marlins to go visit his own hitting coach in the middle of our 03 season, his teammates hated him. Because they had to keep saying, oh, where's Pudge? What, our coaching staff isn't good enough? Players just don't like it. They don't want to answer for Tom Brady. So the front office says, hey, we'll take it. We'll answer. Todd Bowles gets asked, hey, any idea? It was going to be right after two preseason games. You got your second preseason game against the somebodies, whoever they're playing this week, the Tennessee Oilers or Tennessee Titans or Nashville, whatever, maybe what is it? Dan Pastorini and the Houston Oilers who they're playing? Doesn't matter. So he's coming back, right? When you have your coach meeting the media for the greatest player of all time who's disappeared in the middle of training camp for the first time in a 23-year career, you better give him some damn good talking points. That's your job as the PR team. That's your job as the team president. Guess what Todd Bowles said? I kid you not. Hey, not positive. Haven't heard from him. You know, I'll deal with that when I'll deal with it. We just have no, I have no answer. Holy shnikes. Even if it's a lie, you look in the microphone, you look in the camera, and you tell your fans and all the media, I've been in touch with Tom Brady. Everything is going exactly according to plan. We are preparing for the season. He will be ready for the season. We will be ready to do everything to bring another Super Bowl to Tampa. You don't say, I don't know. There's nothing worse than a leader who shrugs his shoulders. What do I know? I got no info. You're the head coach. Isn't it terrible? It's like asking a pilot, hey, how's the weather up there? How the hell do I know? Hey, what's the flying time? Not positive. Hey, do the winglets work? Eh, we'll find out. Hey, coach, what's the play? Play? We need a play? Coach, there's 10 seconds left. We're down one. What's the play? Oh, I'm not sure. We'll take a time out. I'll meet with my assistants. We'll have my offensive assistant call the play. Don't you worry. Leaders are supposed to have answers. They don't have to be right, but they sure as heck have to have answers. Todd Bowles had zero answers for the media. Zero. Zero. Where's Tom? I'll tell you where Tom is. Okay. Nothing personal pick of the day. Do you get why I ended that that way, Coca? Right? I said, I'll tell you where Tom is. And then I went on to the next segment, right? We're going to go on to nothing personal pick of the day because I don't know where Tom is. That's the joke of it. No one knows where Tom is. I'll tell you where Tom is. And then cut it off there and then it's silent. It's so good. It's what Todd Bowles could have said, right? <laughs> hey, do you know where Tom is? Nothing personal pick of the day. We said we were going with DeGrom until the Mets lost. The Mets lost. We're down to 14 over 500. We were up to 18 over 500. We've lost four in a row. We're 85 and 71. We've got three picks for the weekend. I'm taking the Rays and the run line. Normally do money line. Rays minus one and a half over the Royals tonight. The Royals stink. The Rays don't. The Rays are coming off that great series against the Yankees and when you're playing an opponent like the Royals what you do if you're the Rays and you're trying to not just get the top wild card but you're dreaming now the Rays are dreaming Coca what are they what is it eight do I have that right is it really down to eight give me an answer give me an answer nine looks like nine it's nine Rays are nine back forget what I said they have no chance
No, I'm just kidding. The Rays are dreaming because the Yankees just stink. Rays over the Royals on the run line. That's Friday's pick. Great game on Saturday if you care about the American League Central, which you should care about just because it's the only fun division. The White Sox are two and a half games behind Cleveland. Minnesota's one game behind Cleveland. The White Sox are one and a half games behind Minnesota. That math works. Trust me. I'm reading it right now on the web. Big series between the White Sox and the Guardians. Johnny Cueto, who just turned 79 years old, is pitching against Justin Bieber of the Guardians. Seems like a clear win for the Guardians. No, Cueto has, he's just hard to hit. For whatever reason, he's fooling him this year. We're taking the White Sox. Even though me picking Tony La Russa and the White Sox hurts me, even though I'm telling you the White Sox have no chance to win this division, they will not advance past the wild card round. They do not have the right leadership. They do under Reinsdorf, but not under Tony La Russa. But for a random Saturday in August, they're going to win the game. Then let's get to Sunday. Sunday, bloody Sunday. I've had some bad teams in my career. 2013, lost 100 games. Some really good teams. Still finished below 500 for my career, but we had teams win 91 games, 87 games, 83 games, over 500 quite a few times, under 500 quite a few times. Had some pretty bad pitchers. The Washington Nationals have Patrick Corbin, who they signed to that huge deal. He's got an ERA of like 6.9, and he still gets the ball every five days. Annabelle Sanchez, who started with us in 2006, an, he, has a, he has a no-hitter for the Marlins. One of the great guys. I love you, Annabelle. But let's face it, you're hanging on because you're pitching for the Nationals. Everyone's criticizing the Pirates for how bad they are and how not representative they are. The, the Nationals' rotation... Rough. Very, very rough. Why Patrick Corbin keeps getting the ball? Because what? You have all that money invested in him? Release him. Oh, you don't want to give service time to your young players. You don't want to call up somebody and have to pay them the prorated minimum when you still have to pay Corbin his entire salary. I totally get it. So you're going to put the trek out there every five days and you're not going to get in trouble. It's totally true. You're not going to get in trouble. But I'm going to get to pick against you. Manai has been fine with the Padres. The Padres are playing the Nats on Sunday. The Padres are going to crush them. The Padres have had trouble scoring, and it's fun when Soto gets to go back and play the Nats, etc. So on Sunday, we're going to take the Padres over Corbin and the Nats. Seems like a slam dunk. Friday, Rays on the run line. Saturday, Cueto and the White Sox over the Guardians. Sunday, Manai and the Padres over Corbin and the Nats. And I end the week with one piece of advice. And that's it. One little piece of advice. If you're going to go down a slide, <laughs> I can't. Can I just give one piece of advice, Coco, for 10 seconds, please? If you're going to go down a slide and you're old like I am, like, or you're even 25 and older, and you've only practiced one time, you know there's a chance you're going to break your wrist and fracture your ribs, right? Yeah. This weekend, make sure you watch the video of the Dodger sideline reporter who broke his wrist and fractured his ribs going down Bernie the Brewer slide, which is a slide I've wanted to go down my entire life. Not just the one at Miller Park, but the one at County Stadium. My entire life. And I knew the doctor for the Brewers. I knew Bud Selig. I could have done it. One time I went up there and said, oh, I'm not doing that. Have a great weekend. It's just business.
This is nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.